British Spy Stories, Season 2, The Kill Order. Hi, this is M.F. Kelleher. This episode is the start of Season 2 on British Spy Stories. When an MI6 operation in Belarus is attacked, and a key asset is killed, Gabrielle Lane, Agent Blackhawk, has to go undercover to break a crime and espionage ring in Eastern Europe. And she takes a team, Laravel, Hans and Coniston. But will they stop the gang and all survive the coming attack? Thanks for listening. I'll see you soon. It's season two on British Spy Stories. Episode one. Gabrielle checks her watch. Twenty past the hour. Everything is on time. The train is due in two minutes, and will slow at exactly the point where she will be able to jump on it after a thirty-yard sprint from her cover by the trackside. The sun moves out from behind a cloud and momentarily blinds her. She flips down the sun visor on the headset she's wearing. No sounds shatter the peace of the countryside around her, and she breathes out. Then, it starts. The wheels of the train are the first noise she hears from down the railway line. Her mind flips to the next three minutes and her objective. The engine noise builds, the wheels rhythm, marking out each half-second. Gabby rises off her haunches and waits until the train appears around the corner of the trees. One second, two, then it's there. She starts the run. Her feet beat on the ground. The train is steady. The edge of the embankment is close. The edge comes before she knows it and suddenly she's in the air. The metal side of the carriage flashes by. She aims for the gap between cars three and four. She hits the metalwork with a groan. Her black-gloved fingers close around the pole at the end of the carriage. She brings one hand across and latches onto the steel carriage side. Her body's momentum continues, now pulled by the train's movement too. Her arms take the impact, her muscles strain, then pull down and finally bring her to a halt. Gabby pulls herself up the pole and flicks her legs over onto the roof. She crawls along the top of the car, using the maintenance grab bars that are equally spaced along its length, then repeats the same for each carriage. At the end of the train, she grabs the struts that protect the roof of the last carriage and eases herself down, until she can reach the locked end door. She pulls a train key from her utility belt pushes it in, and twists it until the end door pops open. Then she disappears inside the train. There are corridors running the length of each car. She rushes down the first carriage, and into the second. She checks the compartment numbers, 71, 72, 73, then the place she needs, 74. She stops just before the glass door of the compartment and draws her Smith & Wesson M&P 9 handgun 
The intel from London says that the close-in security for this target are two people, both military trained, so they'll be on to her as soon as she slides the door open. Gabby takes a breath, reaches out to the handle, curls her hand around it, waits for a half-second, then pulls. Morrison is seated in the far corner, the two security people opposite, one man, one woman. The man is first to rise within a second of Gabby's entrance. The woman moves to cover Morrison, and the man draws his gun. Gabby knows that the most unexpected move is often the most effective. She draws her body back, then brings her leg up with speed, kicking the weapon from his hand. The woman has her gun drawn as well now as Gabby moves towards Morrison. The male security grabs her shoulders and pulls her backwards, and she hits him in the face, hard, twice. Gabby has her weapon trained on the woman now, and keeps moving towards her, at pace, in the confined compartment. When it comes, a second later, the impact of Gabby's body pushes the woman up against the window. Gabby grabs the gun's muzzle, then pulls the weapon away and swings a punch to knock the woman out. With me, she screams at Morrison, and the scientist gets up, looking scared. She takes his hand and they run down the corridor, across into the last car, and all the way to the back of the train. The end door still swings open from Gabby's arrival. She checks her watch. Thirty seconds before pick-up. She can hear the chopper already in place behind the train. She looks out, and it accelerates in the air, closing the gap between it and the last carriage. A steel winch line is dangling out of the helicopter's side door, and the winchman drops it further as the two vehicles close in on each other. Gabrielle grabs hold of Morrison's arm. She pulls out a harness from her U-belt, wraps it around the scientist, and clicks the bands into the lock on his chest. The end of the winch is within twenty feet of the open doorway now, and closing. Gabby assesses the velocity that the helicopter is approaching, and reaches out into space behind the train, as the winch line sways in. Her hand grasps the metal end. She pulls Morrison out from where he's standing back from the edge, and attempts to engage the clip lock. The metal opens, then just closes too early, and the winch line swings away without its cargo. The chopper pilot pushes the machine closer, and the line swings in again. She grabs the end again and pulls Morrison, opens the lock, and clicks the thing shut. She waves her arm to the winch man, takes a deep breath, and pushes the scientist out into the void behind the train. He swings violently away from the carriage, then swings back and nearly hits the carriage again. But the pilot lifts the chopper and pulls away into the sky. Gabby grabs the stanchion at the end of the train with both hands and scans the countryside as she passes, looking for the pre-planned drop site. The gap in the trees is up ahead. She pushes out and off the train. A second in the air. She adopts the brace position as she flies across the gap between track and earth. Then she hits the ground, rolls, 
crashes into bushes, and finally comes to rest. She immediately stands and runs into the woodland. Once hidden within the trees, Gabby pulls out her phone and logs into Oberon, the MI6 operations system. She selects job 23.5-F, pushes the button marked Complete on the screen, then dives off into the woods to rendezvous with her extraction vehicle. It is windless in Berlin. Gabrielle turns the corner to finish her morning run by going once more around the park, two blocks from her flat. The conversation she had had two months ago with Sir Bernard McIntosh, head of MI6 Global Operations, keeps going through her mind. One of the current big challenges for British security is countries using migration as a cover for bringing spies into the UK. Traditionally, spies have come in as part of the embassy staff numbers, but increasingly countries are using illegal entry as a way to get their security personnel across the borders. Sir Bernard told her that one route of particular concern runs from Minsk in Belarus and across the EU border into Poland. MI6 want to infiltrate the gang running the route and control the operation. Sir Bernard had asked Gabby to lead the work, which has been allocated the name Operation Windfall by London Centre. Her boss had been clear that this is a priority. He had already reassured the minister, before he'd spoken to her, that Gabby would make this a success. Since that conversation, she has been running an agent in deep cover within Berlin to penetrate the cell who are preparing to run the route. Gabby had chosen Agent Laravel for the job because of a big win the agent had in her first field operation. It had resulted in the conviction of two men who had been running a prostitution operation, trafficking girls from the Far East into Paris, then blackmailing British embassy staff with compromising pictures of them and the girls in hotel rooms. Easily done if you know the parties that diplomats attend. Windfall is a more complex operation, but Gabby had insisted on having Laravel after they met in London and she had grilled the woman for three hours about exactly what she did at each stage of the previous operation, what criteria she'd used to make judgments and how she'd assessed what is the best action in a continually shifting set of circumstances. Laravel had easily passed all of the tests. Gabby needs to meet her and hear the latest news. She showers and dresses in black trousers and a black roll neck, then pushes her dark hair into a woolen hat. She slams out of the flat and pulls up the collar of her coat to protect against the chill of a March day in Berlin. She strides across to a battered VW Golf on the other side of the road. This car is part of the equipment provided by MI6, so she can remain anonymous when meeting her agent. Nothing too showy or memorable, Techbranch had told her. She travels to the Charlottenburg area of Berlin and parks on a side road near Kantstrasse, then takes a long walk around two blocks as part of standard security procedure to deter tails. 
She doubles back to location Gamma 64, which is a cheap cafe down a rubbish-strewn alleyway off a side road. The cafe was chosen, like many MI6 locations, as it has two exits, just in case there's a need to escape at some stage. The place is empty as Gabrielle pushes the door. She finds a table in the far corner and orders coffee. As she waits, she thinks about Laravel's only real weakness. Her firearms ability is untested in the field. She would have had basic training, but now is the time to get her some more practical familiarisation before the enemy cell start bringing people along the migrant route and matters get more dangerous. Gabby has a reputation within MI6 of being a lone wolf, ignoring the rules when it suits her. But equally, Sir Bernard knows that she is one of the best agents in Europe. One aspect of Gabby's rebellion is to only agree to work with certain people, the people she trusts. One of the people in her inner circle is Catherine Grosvenor, Agent Coniston, an elite sniper with C9 branch. Gabby pulls out her work phone, goes into Encrypt and sends a message to Coniston asking for a day of her time to take Larabelle through some field firearms tutoring. A reply comes back within a minute. Yes, she can do it. And yes, tomorrow. The bell above the door jingles, and Laravel walks into the cafe. Her dirty blonde hair is swept to one side to reveal closely shaved skin from her right ear upwards. She is wearing a denim miniskirt, which shows a tear in her black tights, and her makeup is intentionally badly applied to create the right impression for Sabrina Miller, Laravel's deep cover name. Sabrina had grown up in the poorest area of East Berlin, with a German father and Russian mother who hadn't stayed together. She had been thrown out of school at 15 for drug use and had spent five years working in bars in Berlin and Hanover when she was arrested for prostitution twice and aggravated assault once before ending up, apparently, living in Berlin, just around the corner from the flat being used by the Windfall Trafficking Gang. After three weeks of sitting in cafes and bars in the area, she had managed to get talking to the Romanian targets, Teresa Baciu and Oana Popa. Gradually, after long nights of alcohol, they trusted her enough to start bringing her more into the details of what they're planning. Laravel orders a coffee from the woman behind the counter and sits down opposite Gabby. How are you? says Gabrielle. Laravel rolls her lips together. Tired? Why? I just can't sleep for some reason, says Laravel. Well, on and off, you know. Are you worried about something? Apart from being best friends with two violent criminals? A smile flickers across her face, and Gabby echoes it. Give me an update, Jenny. Today's is getting more aggressive, says Laravel. She leads all the planning now, but she's prone to push people around. The two of them argue all the time. How ready are they? Advanced, says Laravel. They have four people in Belarus, as sweepers, who've been working at least three weeks. The market for people out there is huge, 
but it's about identifying who has the funding in place. London are tracking the movement of all of the assets that are of interest to us in Minsk, so we'll know when anyone significant is booked onto the lorry. It doesn't really work like that. There aren't passenger lists, and I'm not likely to see any names of people who sign up. Only the people in Minsk know who's paid, and which lorries they'll be on. As long as they pay, no one really cares about identity. How many people on each run? Ten, says Laruel, packed in behind legitimate cargo. Do we know which crossing? Terespol, says Laravel. What about timings? When's the first run? Three or four days' time. Everything's nearly in place. There are two things I need you to do, says Gabby. The other woman waits. Firstly, tomorrow, you'll spend the day on armaments training. You did the basic module, but you need some more practice. Agent Coniston is coming to Berlin tomorrow to take you through some more advanced aspects. Okay. Second, says Gabby, we have an asset in Belarus who we need to get out. Who? Asset Coda. Any background on them? They're in Minsk, they've helped us, but now they're under threat of arrest, or worse. You'll get more briefing when you get there. When I get there, says Laravel. There are no plans to, you'll need to change the plan. Gabby's face shows no emotion. Do you think you can do that? I'll need a valid reason to suddenly change what I've been saying to them, you know. I was supposed to be your ears and eyes in Berlin. Comms Branch have created more backstory for your cover, Sabrina. She has a boyfriend. Fedor Adamovich. He lives in Belarus. And you want to go and see him. His father needs to get out of the country, but can't get papers because of his criminal past. Agent Panama is based in Minsk. He'll be Adamovich. Gabby pulls out a package from her pocket and places it on the table between them. Your flight leaves Berlin-Brandenburg the day after tomorrow at 9pm. Direct to Belarus. In this package is a Russian passport for Sabrina, so you can get through passport control. You'll rendezvous with Panama in Minsk, then you'll both ensure Coda gets into the lorry. Tell Teresa and Oana your boyfriend will pay double to guarantee a place for his father on the first run. Laravel nods and is quiet for a second while she takes in the new information. I guess this code is significant, she says, looking up at Gabby. They're a friend of the UK, yes. Dangerous? No, an old man. Gabby watches Laravel. Anything else? Yes, says Laravel. Oana wants to get her brother out on the first run too. Okay, says Gabby. What's the story? Jess Young wants to get away. Their whole family is connected to crime. So like with Coda, official papers get delayed. The authorities don't want them to leave. How old is he? Seventeen. Does his presence increase the risk? I don't think so, says Laravel. I'll keep across it, but he seems to be just a trap kid. Laravel looks at her watch. Sorry I need to go. I don't want them to see us together. They're twitchy about leaks. They don't suspect anything. No, but I just want to keep it that way. 
Laravel picks up the bundle of documents, gets up, and walks out without looking back.